0: Welcome back Bears fans to another episode of the Chicago Audible. It's round five pick 155 and the Chicago Bears have traded up and are officially on the clock and in just a matter of literally seconds we're going to find out who is going to become the next member of our Chicago Bears. I'm your host Will DeWitt. Join with me for this episode is my co-host Nicholas Moriano. We have our drafts expert Steve Letizia on as well. So, Nick, obviously we were expecting to kind of wait here for another 15, 20 minutes before the Bears were on the clock, but we traded up. Didn't think they were going to do it, but here is the situation. I know you have a prospect in mind. Do you think they're going to go for him?
2: Uh, This would be a realistic option if you're trading up to get somebody, especially for jumping in front of the Patriots here to possibly get Jake Fromm this could be the the pick to do it and why Ryan Pace thought this was a good idea to trade up in front of a team that is still looking for the quarterbacks in the Patriots. But Curtis Weaver's another guy that the Bears could be possibly looking at. But yeah, I had a feeling I woke up this morning while I was thinking, Ryan Pace is going to make a trade. Just don't know when for who, but it's happening.
0: It's happening. And the pick is in, waiting to find out who scrolls across my screen here. Steve, over to you. Any speculation before we find out who this pick is? Uh, I think it's going to be Jake Fromm. Oh no, it's Travis Gibson. Travis uh, Gibson, Edge guy um, out of uh, out of Tulsa. Out of Tulsa. Um,
1: yeah, I liked him a lot. Uh, he's he he's a he's a he's not very athletic, but he he tries hard, and I, I think that's a good pick. I don't know if I would have traded up for for him. Um, he's not going to see much playing time as a rookie, um, especially with Jake Fromm on the board. I mean, that was a that's that's what I would have done i would I would have gone with Jake from there, but but I do like Travis Gibson I think he's he does have potential, but he's just he's a couple years away from being able to produce
0: all right so trevis Travis Gibson is going to be a Chicago bear, I believe Steve he was in one of your early edge rusher columns i think pre combine if I'm remembering mm. correctly
1: yeah, I believe it was a free guy pre combine kind of player or watch thing so i I did like him a lot and he's been on my radar for a while, but just a, I think a little early for him but Hey, they got their guy.
0: They got their guy. Absolutely. Uh, Obviously, Nick, are you disappointed here right now? I know you, of course, you just mentioned you're hoping quarterback, hoping Jake Fromm, but that's not the case.
2: Yeah, it's not the case, and I am disappointed. I thought this was a good opportunity for the Bears to get somebody that they can possibly just sit for a season at the quarterback position like a Jake Fromm. But we did talk about edge being not obviously the biggest need for the Bears, but you can always use guys that can come off the edge to you know, get after the quarterback. So Gibson being the guy, I wonder what Ryan Pace gave up to go get this guy. And obviously he has conviction moved up to get him. But now you're just wondering what did Ryan Pace do for a future draft or even in this one to go up to get his guy. But always when you can get a bunch of edge rushers on a team, especially when Cleo Mack, Robert Quinn come off the field, you want to have people that are capable of rushing the quarterback. Again, Gibson, uh, I have to watch more film on him, but this is the move. Not the one I would have liked, but I could see why Ryan Pace would have gone do it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was telling you, uh, we've been sitting out here for a couple of hours just in case the Bears did have a trade-up situation. And I was looking at Edge as a potential avenue to go as well. I didn't really envision a trade-up here, but like you said... And as I was mentioning to you, you can't have too many guys that are good at getting after quarterbacks. And if you can find someone who can be that third guy in the rotation, I know they brought in Mingo. I just haven't seen the production to really trust that he can have the production we're hoping to in that point of the rotation. So if you can't have someone to give Mac a breather, same thing with uh, Robert Quinn and Gibson. You give him time, and he can be a trio with those three for not just this season coming up in 2020, but 2021, 2022. I think you can even extend the shelf life of someone like a Robert Quinn, maybe even a Cleo Mac, just a little bit more if you have someone in Gibson who can be a very sturdy guy to come in down the road and kind of give them some breaks here in and here out. Uh, Steve, I'm curious your thoughts. What are some of the initial strengths from Gibson, and then also what are, would be some of those weaknesses that you do see in his game that he needs to either work on, or maybe things that are out of his control? Yeah,
1: so he's just a, he's just a raw prospect at this point coming from Tulsa. Um, so he needs to work on just the nuances of the, ga- of the game, hand technique, um, hand, hand fighting. But I I, I I do like the pick because he. He could provide um, maybe as a situational pass rusher in year one. Um, with uh, Barkyus Mingo, who you mentioned, he's more of that Leonard Floyd more mold. He's not going to provide much of it as a pass rusher. He's going to drop into coverage and, and do that and set the edge. But Gibson can be a guy who can come in and and shoot shoot a gap quickly. Um, um, and and, and he's going to work hard. But he's just he's just very very raw at this point. But. Um, but he, but he has um, he ran a four six nine forty, so that's pretty good. Uh, his three cone was a little disappointing. He's not very bendy. He's more of a straight line player. But I, I do think he has some potential to grow into more of a pass rushing role. And the Bears just uh, strengthened their strength now, um, so he he doesn't need to be a, an all world talented for the Bears. He's gonna he's gonna play very situationally. So, so yeah, I like this pick.
0: Nick, I see his NFL comparison is Roy Robertson Harris. So apparently, we now have two Roy Robertson Harris's on this football team. Steve was mentioning uh, that Gibson, of course, is more of a developmental type of edge rusher here, a little bit raw, someone that they're going to need to kind of coach up. And, of course, uh, he's going to have two strong guys to learn from in Robert Quinn and Khalil Mack. But with the limited draft capital, and this being our third highest pick so far and a trade-up, how do you feel about getting someone that is more of a project instead of someone that is perhaps uh, more polished and can be a contributor more instantly?
2: You know, what I think when you're realistically, when you're looking at this late in the draft, I mean, I guess it would be great to get someone that can just plug and play. But you want to take a chance in some of these guys that you can potentially grow. Look, the Bears have the two guys in place right now to where a Travis Gibson doesn't have to come in and make an immediate impact. And if he has the intangibles, the tools where you just need a coaching staff to really bring out the best in him, then I think you can live with the pick if he's able to actually reach that potential, get playing time in spurts throughout the season. If he co- becomes a situational pass rusher where it's an obvious passing down, third and long situations, second and long situations, go put a Travis Gibson out there. Because like like we were just talking about, I mean, you have Arkevius Mingo, you have Isaiah Irving, guys that they're at this point in their career and they haven't done much for a reason. That's why you want to bring in a young guy to see maybe midpoint, in the season where you can implement him into a defensive game plan in those very specific situations and see what he's able to do. So I'm okay with you getting a guy like this. I thought there were other people also on the board, like we mentioned earlier in the podcast, but could have maybe also gone like there are safeties on the board that I thought the bears could have brought in that could have been competitive for that strong safety spot opposite of Eddie Jackson, Gino stone, Reed, guys like that. But the bears wanted to go with, a premium Ed rush is such a premium position for, I think, every NFL team. So they want to get somebody that you can learn from. Like you said, Will, the two guys that are in front of them, take what take those those nuances of the game, how to get past an offensive tackle, what moves you can use in your toolbox there to get after a quarterback. But you now that I have time to think about the pick, it makes sense. I just really like Jake Fromm. I think that's a <laughs> <thing>. that,
0: <laughs> well. That good news. Good news for. Uh, good news for you, Nick, is that looking here at the trade, maybe it's good news, but mixture of bad news is. Uh, so in order to make this trade up, all the Bears did was they gave up a twenty twenty one fourth round pick. So we still have pick one sixty three coming up.
2: Okay. Hmm. Um, so so up the fourth, uh, interesting. Okay.
0: Yeah, so we'll be here, uh, obviously, throughout this. uh, We're going to stay here on the show, on the stream, as we kind of work through this draft here. But obviously, Gibson, uh, Steve, I'm curious to see your thoughts here. How does he fit in this rotation? Does he instantly... Uh, Is he an upgrade over Isaiah Irving? I kind of scoff even saying that because I would assume yes, Um, but also you have James (laughs) Vodders there as well. Can he be or is he the fourth guy now with potential to earn that third role or is he going to be the fourth guy behind Mingo in 2020? Uh, Again, obviously we'll figure this one out as the offseason, as the season rolls through, but just your initial off-the-cuff kind of gut feeling. Yeah, I think he's definitely better than
1: Isaiah Irving even right now. Um, He's much more violent with his hands. He uh, than, than Isaiah Irving is. So he's going to provide more pass rush right away. He's going to compete with Barquivius Mingo, but I think Marque- uh, Mingo is definitely going to be that third pass rusher to start the year for sure. Um, maybe by the end of the year, Gibson could kind of get more and more playing time, but uh, he's definitely better than Isaiah Irving right now. So,
0: All right, better than Irving. I mean, that sounds good to me. That sounds like everything that uh, we are hoping to have here. Um, I know that I believe uh, Gibson's brother played basketball or is playing basketball at Kansas state. That's something I think I just kind of saw, which is uh, interesting. Obviously he's a family of athletes and when you have an athlete at this position uh, and you can kind of, he's that diamond in the rough, you can find a way to polish him throughout time. Uh, this could end up being a pick that, as we've mentioned, may not have a lot of immediate return on investment. Although, if he can be a situational pass rusher, I do think there will be value here in 2020. But down the road, learning from a Cleo Mack, learning from a Robert Quinn. In Chuck Pagano's defense, this could end up being a really interesting pick down uh, that can really pay dividends uh, for us in the future as well. But, of course, we are in a win-now mode, and we need to, of course, on top of that, find a way to succeed here sooner rather than later. So as we're really looking into this and how it affects the draft, so the Bears went tight end. They went corner, still sticking with the defense here at edge. Uh, Steve, I'm curious your thoughts here. Looking at what the Bears have done, looking what we still have left in front of us, does this change how the Bears should draft the rest of the other selections? Or is there any other input you wanted to put there as we look forward to the rest of the draft?
1: Yeah, I don't know if it changes things too much. I, they still need to get a receiver, a speed receiver preferably. Um, and they still need to get, I would like to see them draft an offensive lineman at some point. Um, so I'm not sure if this pick really changes that too much, but... But there are some good guys uh, still available. So I, I, if they can get a speed receiver and an offensive lineman who has the way, maybe a
0: safety, I'll, I'll be happy. Nick, any other developments in your thought process on Gibson?
2: Yeah, just uh, kind of reading a little bit more on him as we've kind of discussed it here. You mentioned the basketball being something that's you know in the family. He His first love, Travis Gibson, was basketball, but he just found that football would lead to a more long-term kind of future here. So again, an athletic player that the bears got a guy that's raw, like you said, Steve earlier, that just needs to kind of develop these, these traits. Um, just reading Dane Bruegel's kind of summary on him. Overall, Gibson is fundamentally raw and doesn't rush, uh, is fundamentally raw and doesn't rush with an instinctive plan to attack, but his contact driven mentality, physical nature and long arms aren't, aren't intriguing foundational traits if the rest can be developed, projecting as an upside prospect. So I think at this point in the draft, if you kind of want to look for those guys, if you can't find a, s sol- I it'd be hard to find a solidified star that you can just plug and play, but this is what you would kind of look for at this point in the draft. And obviously later as the rounds continue to go on here, and the foundation's set for the Bears. They have their edge guys. There's two, you know, studs at the edge position. Now you got a Travis Gibson. Let him learn, let him just take in everything that those guys do and you want to see those traits kind of come out and hopefully play out throughout the 2020 season as you see him maybe get more playing time or those situational reps so again Ryan Pacey's done this in the past he'll take guys that have this physical you know upside these things that you really like in a prospect that you don't see in every other guy and you'll see if you can mold them to be something later on i mean Roy Robinson Harris was a very similar guy. That's why he has a comparison, being that there's just such a physical um, upside to him. Let's see where we can put him at. He was a defensive end. Now he's, you know, um, switching positions, but he can be productive at times. So hopefully the Bears can get something like that out of Gibson, hopefully more. But I, I see why Ryan Pace wanted to trade up to get a guy like this. I see that the Patriots pick is
0: in, so Nick, you can start sweating uh, profusely right now if you're <laughs> waiting for this one to come across the screen. Uh, I did find some interesting personal facts uh, out of Gibson via the Tulsa website. Uh, hobby-wise, he enjoys swimming. Uh, his favorite NFL team is, or I'm going to say was, the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> uh, his favorite NFL player, Von Miller, so that's someone he's probably looking up to here to emulate his game. Maybe that's going to change to Khalil Mack as well. Uh, His favorite professional athlete of all time, LeBron James. Uh, He likes Friday Night Lights uh, as his favorite sports movie. Uh, His favorite movie of all time, though, is Star Wars. He loves to read the Harry Potter series. Uh, He's met Floyd Mayweather. And on top of that, Nick, his favorite superhero is Superman. What's your take there? I know how much you love uh, Marvel. So how do you feel about (laughs) Superman?
2: I mean, I have a Superman shirt that I work out with, but I'm not the biggest Superman fan. Good for Travis Gibson. If he plays like Superman, we'll, we'll take it obviously. But, uh, yeah, um, really, yeah, not the biggest Superman guy. Unfortunately, Batman would have been different, but it's not the case.
0: No, not the case. It was definitely uh Superman here. Uh, and on top of that too, talking about, Athletes being in the family, like I mentioned, his brother uh, played basketball at Kansas. He now plays professional basketball in Finland. Uh, His mom ran track at North Texas. His dad played basketball at Texas. So there's a lot of uh, athletic genes in that body. Uh, Anything else here, Steve, on Travis Gibson uh, before we kind of close shop and start looking at pick 163?
1: Uh, yeah, just one more thing uh, that I didn't mention. He is actually a pretty good run defender. Which when you have Khalil Mack, eh, Khalil Mack's a good run defender, but uh, uh, Robert Quinn isn't the the greatest at setting an edge. So you might see Travis Gibson uh, um, a few times, maybe on first and second down too, or obvious run situations, um, because he does have long arms. He does have violent hands. He can he, he can set an edge, and he is 261 pounds, which is bigger than a lot of a lot of the other edge players that are on the board who are more like about 240, 250. So so you might see him in that role too right away.
0: I know the Bears were expressing interest in him after the senior bowl. Uh, so it's nice that you know this is someone that they have done their homework on. They have been doing it for some time. So obviously they should have a pretty good grasp on really what type of prospect they're getting here in Travis Gibson. I honestly this is a very to me it's a fun pick, like I said at the top of the show. It's edge position. I really thought it would be a sneaky need, even though you already brought in a Robert Quinn. I just really haven't been trusting that back end depth. And this is someone that brings more Raw talent, uh, a little bit more intangibles to the position as well. And really, when you're looking at the position, Khalil Mack, Robert Quinn, Mingo is an athlete in his own right, too. And Gibson, I love the athletic ability here. There's a lot of intangibles that everyone brings to the table, which should really help benefit this Bears defense. But curious to your thoughts here. And Nick, I'll go to you first. What's going to be best case,
2: worst case in your mind for Travis Gibson? You know, best case scenario, he does find some way to to see the field at some point in in 2020. Obviously, maybe special teams could be a a role for him at at first. But like when it's a like we said, a third and long situation, something where you can expect you just want to get guys that can get after the quarterback. You would hope to see Travis Gibson somehow make his way onto the field, even if. God forbid the Bears ever put up points and have a blowout. You'd want to see maybe a Travis Gibson get some reps there. But that would be, I think, a best-case scenario. It's just as the season goes on, gradually getting reps. Worst case, we just don't see him at all. It's And, you know, even that's not going to be the worst, absolute worst case because, again, you have such studs in front of you, and you do have Barkewius Mingo, but he should bounce ahead of an Isaiah Irving, I would expect. But I think the worst case he just some baby just not um, capitalizing on those kind of those those natural athletic ability. But I don't see that as being the case here. Obviously, Ryan Pace liked him, moved up to get him. And that's what he's banking on the upside for Travis Gibson. I saw that the Patriots took a kicker. I saw that here in the chat. So
0: thank you, everybody, Mm -hmm. for letting Nick know before uh, he freaked out all too much. Uh, Right now, Washington is on the clock at 162, uh, which means the Bears will be on the clock here again in just a moment. So it is time to start wrapping up, Gibson. And if there are any other thoughts later, we can always circle back to it. But Steve, I'm curious to you, uh, I said that it looks like his NFL comp is Roy Robertson-Harris. Is there a chance that he is more than just an Stand up outside linebacker in this defense, and can be a hand in the dirt, a defensive end as well. Or I'm just curious to where you think he could fit if he can be a hybrid guy, or for he's one versus the other.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I think he's going to just be the out stand up outside linebacker. Uh, Roy Robinson Harris. Uh, I do like the comp though when they were both coming out. Roy Robinson Harris ended up putting on some weight and moving inside, but I don't think that's going to be the case with Gibson. I think they drafted him to be that standout stand up outside linebacker. He can not put his hand in the dirt in nickel situations. Uh, but I don't see I don't see him making the same transition that Roy Robinson Harris did. I think his best fit is on the outside.
0: All right. So to wrap up the Gibson talk here, guys, real quick, uh, just hand out a quick initial letter grade. Uh, Nick, I'll go over to you. Uh, keep in mind, you're trading a twenty twenty one fourth round pick uh, to move up here. Uh, it technically, even move up. It's just to take and reclaim that spot. So twenty twenty one fourth rounder plus a twenty twenty fifth round pick on this guy. Uh, what's going to be your initial grade?
2: You know, it's it's tough for me because I still want to see what he can actually do on tape. I definitely want to dive into that. Um, but they did get they made a, a strength and then they added some depth to it at the edge position. I think I'll give the Bears a a B minus here. Again, I don't want to give them the same grade as, you know, obviously less last, um, last night for Jalen Johnson. But I think it will be some that you'll see return on. Sooner rather than later, and I think if that's the case, you can live with this pick. You can live with trading up and getting him, and it will just be a good move for the Bears. All right, so we have a B minus from Nick. How about you, Steve?
0: Uh, I'll, I'll go with a I'll go with a B. Uh, I
2: don't like trading the fourth round pick for him.
1: Um, uh, but that's really the only knock I have on him. If there was a if there's a pass rusher you can get in the fifth round who can become a, a ten sack a year guy, it's Gibson. So you're taking a chance on that um, high upside player. Yeah, he took the fourth round pick. That's the only thing knocking it down from an A to a B to, for me.
0: All right. Well, I mean, geez. I mean, if it was close to an A, maybe. Now it's down to a B. Uh, I'm going to have to just fall in line here with you. I can't really. I'm not really. I'm not mad about this pick by any means. I'm excited about him. Can't call it an A because he is raw. You don't know exactly how he's going to turn out. But they're taking something that, to me, I still thought was a sneaky need, and they're bolstering that outside linebacker rotation. I mean, from the top down now, there's a lot of athletic potential and talent. And I really think that, like you said, Nick, this could end up having some dividends early. I'm not sure if, uh, how confident I am in that, but there's a, the potentials there, and that's exciting to me as well. So with that, the Chicago Bears are back in the clock here. We're at pick 163. I'm going to ask Nick what he wants to do, but I feel like you're going to ask for a quarterback again.
2: (laughs) Come on. Like at some point, I I just look, Jake Fromm is falling to at 163. Just take a chance. He's a guy that's not going to see the field this year, can learn under the great mentor that Nick Foles has, you know, has been renowned, has been talked about. I think he'd be a good fit for Matt Nagy's offense. But if they wanted to address the safety position with the Geno Stoner, J.R. Reed. Do that as well. I also like James Prochet from SMU, a receiver that is just has sticky, sticky hands. Everything that gets thrown his way, he catches it. A great route runner. Um, I guess we'll see though. But those are some of the guys that I'm kind of looking forward to seeing hopefully pop up on our screen in a couple of seconds here. How about you,
0: Steve? If you were Ryan Pace, what would you do here at 163? I would take Jake Fromm
1: if I were Ryan Pace. Uh, I, I think I like that. I like his fit in the Bears offense. But uh, if they don't do, go quarterback, I wanted to get an offensive lineman here. Uh, Prince Tega Winogo um, from Auburn is still on the on the board, uh, as well as John Runyon from Michigan, which is another offensive tackle I like a lot too. could also potentially move down to guard. So, um, and even, Oh, even Justin Heron from Wake Forest is another offensive tackle prospect that I like. So if any three of those guys I, I'd be good with. I think we really need to solidify the offensive line position.
0: So you're telling me if they went with someone who I initially had on my short list before the, the trade, Bradley and A., uh, they shouldn't go edge again.
1: I don't see them going edge again, although I do like an A.
0: Yeah, um, uh, other than that, I have some guys that should be good uh, late sixth round picks on my list, so I'm really just buying some time here. I am excited, though, by the fact that we do have two fifth round picks now. And I know trading a fourth uh, for next year, we're not going to like it. I know come 2021 yeah. drafts, we're going to be like, oh, I really wish we had this fourth round pick. <laughs> it's just going to happen. But right now... I am excited with that limited draft capital that we did find a way to at least gain another pick before, you know, the late sex, uh, sixth round, early, se- well, mid- middle seventh round as well. So the Bears pick is officially in. I'm going to go out there and say that the Bears are going to make a pick here. They're going to make a splash. And at the end of the day, Nick's not, still not going to be happy, but
2: uh, I'm going to go refreshing Twitter right now. You're still refreshing. <laughs> Every single time.
0: You're Come you're on. refreshing, you're freaking out. Uh, let's find out who going to be. Chicago Bears select at 163. Kendall Vildor, another cornerback, and he is from Georgia Southern. So Ryan Pace does what Ryan Pace does best, and he gives us someone that I'm sure neither of us have any homework on, know much about here with the 163rd pick with someone who put in here to the chat a random cornerback. And I think that sounds <laughs> exactly right. Uh, Ryan Pace goes with a random corner, which I I don't agree with cornerback right here. I believe there are other needs, other players that could fulfill those needs and be of better value here. So, yeah, I'm actually, I'm going to say I'm perplexed. How about you?
2: <laughs> actually, um, it's funny that Kendall Vildor is the pick because I know Daniel Jeremiah... Maybe roughly two weeks ago, he's like, this is a guy that I think is going to be somebody that is going to be a starter um, this year in the league or something along those lines. He had very high upside on Kendall Vildor. I'm like, all right, I'm going to see how I can put this guy in my my next mock draft. I ended up not doing that. But this is a name that I actually have heard of before, which is, you know, always a plus side at this point in the draft. But it is interesting. We we know Ryan Pace does like to double dip on positions. He's done it in the past. We look at Roquan Smith, Joel E.A., Boo way. So he has done this a bunch of times. But at the cornerback position, what are you realistically looking at putting him? Maybe I think where uh, Kendall Vildor is supposed to move into is a slot corner. And obviously the Bears just signed Buster Screen last year. But you maybe you're trying to solidify that spot for the future, and that's what a lot of these picks are going to be—guys that you're projecting later on to to make an impact. But it is interesting here. I look, the Bears need, I think, more speed on the offensive side of the football. I thought there were guys that maybe they could have gone to address that, like Steve was saying. Offensive line was there. I like Natani uh, Mo- Mote, I think's how you pronounce his name from Fresno State. A lot of injuries there, but again, high upside. But another cornerback, when again, double dipping—something that we've seen from Ryan Pace over the years.
0: Steve, what's your initial reaction to this pick? I, again, I'm still I'm I I went from perplexed, and now I'm just slightly baffled. Yeah,
1: I'm, so I'm going to say that I actually like this pick, but I'm also going to do it with the caveat that I haven't actually watched anything of him because there's just not a lot of Georgia Southern video out there. But what I do know about him is that he was he he actually was invited to the combine, and he tested as an elite athlete Uh, he's a little undersized but he's an elite athlete and those are the kind of guys you want to take a chance on here Uh, so in the fifth round you get an elite athlete to play corner Uh, that's really all i know about him but hey if if you're gonna draft someone from a small school make sure that they run a four 440 and have a 39 and a half inch vertical leap so yeah i I don't hate this pick at all
0: well i'm actually slightly surprised there i but that's a good thing and i'm glad that you're able to at least ease my concerns a little bit Uh, just with my initial you know looking into some research here it looks like in a 2018 season uh, they went up against number two uh, Clemson at the time and in that game uh, he had an interception and he didn't even allow a single completion for a small school of Georgia Southern going up against the big boys like Clemson who was ranked number two at the time to have a game like that that gets me excited that shows me that he does step up uh, and plays up to the competition, uh, which of course is something that you want uh, if you are going to get a small school, school prospect and they do have those types of games, those types of sample sizes, and they produce in those. That does get me, uh, conser- uh, eases my concern a bit when it comes to his ability to transition to the NFL, if, if that makes sense, Nick. And I'm curious to you if you have anything further you wanted to add here on this pick.
2: I just actually listened to the, the segment from Daniel Jeremiah on Kindle Vildor. Um, he, again, the reference to Clemson tape being the one that really just was um why he thought he would be a, he said a starting nickel corner earlier than a lot of people are expecting. Mm. So he's, he's got, again, a, a lot of high upside on Kindle Vildor, but I thought Buster Screen played, you know, pretty well last season. So I don't think that's going to be the option. They still have Duke Shelley there too, which a lot of people were high on. And I think still people maybe are, but th- I think that's where he's projected to be at. Um, Like Steve said earlier, just an athlete, even though he played at a smaller school like Georgia Southern. I don't know. I think when I'm still thinking about this pick, yes, maybe it could make sense in the future. But if this is such a win now, you know, situation for the Bears... Both like their their picks in this this fifth round don't say win now that you can use to you know really impact this this defense. Yes, they're guys for later down the road. Don't get me wrong; I think that's what Price is kind of thinking. But there could be that maybe this win now narrative it's not playing out right now in, in this in this round at least for for the fifth round and how the Bears were expected to draft players. But I think Kendall Vildor still got to watch some film on him, obviously, but. I could see why the Bears would take an athlete like this this late or in the fifth round. I mean, looking at some of this
0: testing measurable, Steve, you hit it. Elite athlete is definitely what's jumping out to me. He was at the 96th percentile at the 10-yard split. Uh, In the vertical jump, he was at the 90th percentile. In the broad jump, the 97th percentile. And then at the bench press, he's up at the 96th percentile. So he's a freak athlete. He's strong. And I saw that his wingspan is five inches longer than his height, which I know mm-hmm. is very intriguing coming from a cornerback as well. Now, as we kind of go through this again, I know that someone is raw. I don't know if best case, worst case even makes sense. Uh, I don't know if Steve, if you know anything else, or if you are able to find anything further from him as well. But looking at Uh, Just the PFF draft guide. His coverage grades weren't great, but I don't like looking at grades. I look looking at stats, advanced stats, as well as some metrics here. So I'm not going to really dive in or take too much stock into those. But anything else on Vildor as we kind of still kind of process this at this stage? Yeah, no, I I just need to do
1: more. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. Research on him. Um, the only thing I knew about him was that he blew up the combine, but I didn't really, I never got a really chance to study him closely. So before I before I start um, talking without knowing anything, I want to take a good good look at them. But uh, I do like the I do kind of like the Bears' strategy, as Nick was talking about. Um, these do, are kind of more win, not win now moves, but they're they're swinging the fa- for the fences on upside and athletic players. So I can't really be mad at at Pace for doing that. If you're going to draft some guys uh, late on day three or, or um, go with athletes, and that's what we're doing. So so I, I I like what the what the Bears have done in the fifth round here.
0: Now, I don't think there's really any way to get out of Buster uh, Screen's contract, right? I th- I'm, I don't, I'm not really strong in, my, in contract knowledge. I'm looking at dead cap for this year at $6.4 There's just no way that he's going to come in here and become the starting nickel corner with that kind of cash uh, attributed over there. Right, Nick?
2: Yeah, no, I don't think that's going to be the case for, for Kindle, and especially his first season and with how Buster Screen played. I think you can expect him to be that starting nickel and you know I know there's a lot of speculation last year when when um why my Duke Shelley was drafted, and maybe he's going to take the cornerback, the nickel cornerback spot. That didn't happen. And I think that Buster Screen's still going to be able to hold on to that, um, and I feel confident saying that. Just kind of again looking at his weaknesses, um, just so we can all better learn this prospect on the fly here. Dane Brugler uh, again referencing his the Beast um, article that he did. Um, just some weaknesses. He has an undersized frame, lacking ideal height of bulk at five foot nine, and if um. Overcompensates for his lack of size going through receivers with his physical mindset. He had four pass interferences in 2019. And also he had 10 missed tackles as a senior last year. So um again, I think being an undersized corner, sometimes that just kind of happens. You're trying to throw your weight at guys just to bring them down. So it, it happens. And then just his little summary that he has at the end of each prospect. Overall, Vildor is a tough evaluation because he consistently Overachieved as a junior due to his smarts and short area quickness, but he didn't play at the same level as a senior. It doesn't have ideal size or play speed for the position. So I think if we're gonna watch tape, we gotta obviously weigh both these this junior season and senior season. See if we can find something as to why there was maybe a drop off or what went well in the junior season as opposed to a senior season. Then kind of reevaluate, come back, and then give, you know, a more um, in-depth analysis on Kendall Vildor. But again, those are just some of the weaknesses that he had and just areas that we should be focusing on just in the near future. Steve, how surprised are you the Bears haven't
0: really addressed this offense that couldn't even score 20 points a game last season?
1: (laughs) Pretty surprised. Um, But when you get to this point in the draft, you don't want to just draft a wide receiver or drafted off. off so I mean, just to say you drafted them, you know, you want to go best player available. And these must've been the best players on their board. They double dipped a corner, which I'm, I'm fine with the corner is just as a important position as edge rusher. So you, you're kind of, sh- you're strengthening the strength. Cause you're like, like we talked about, do you got uh screen on the, on the inside playing in the slot? I do think I, I could be wrong about this, but I think after this year, he has no more guaranteed money in his contract. Again, could be wrong about that. Um, so they're planning for the future with, with this pick of Vildor.
0: Now, just envisioning the future here, my guts tell me best case he ends up becoming a starting nickel back in this defense, not this year, perhaps next year, and then from there I would say he would be a serviceable one, if not a a decent one in this league, and then worst case, he's just a true bust, ends up not making the team uh, in the future, ends up just kind of riding the practice squad, something along those lines to me feel like best case, worst case. Nick, do you feel anything different?
2: Oh no, I, I would think along the same lines as you there, Will. Um, I mean, it's just so hard to to gauge where these guys and how their their career is gonna you know end up, and maybe a year from now. I think everyone's maybe expecting Duke Shelley to be a guy that contributes on the Bears' defense, and I mean we're still waiting. We're obviously still waiting. Um, so with a Kendall Vildor, I think the the best thing for him, and this is. Uh, What we what Bears fans don't want what the Bears organization wouldn't want is like a buster screen injury. So it moves everybody up the depth chart. Then you're getting more opportunity. You're going to get a a higher chance of, you know, having an opportunity to play on the field. But as long as buster screens able to do what he does, you're Kendall Wilder is going to have to wait his turn, you know, just like every other drafted rookie that, that comes into any organization. But I think when you look at it, you're hoping that he can be a just a sticky nickel corner. That's what you really want out of the position with, especially the the three wide receiver sets that is the most used for nearly every single football team, probably other than the Baltimore Ravens because they love to run the football. But you want to have a guy that can stick with that slot receiver and just be someone that you can count on.
0: All right, Steve, I'm going to go over to you. I think it's time to hand out some grades and kind of get reestablished for this sixth round that's about to begin here. So over to you, what's going to be your initial grade for this Vildor pick?
1: Uh, I'll say B+. Because again, I, I still need to I still need to watch him, Um, watch more of him. But again, he's an elite athlete. So and, I, and if I'm if you're gonna gamble on someone, gamble on an elite athlete. So I can't be mad about that.
0: They didn't trade up for him. So uh, yeah, I'll go with a B plus. B plus out of Steve. How about you, Nick?
2: Yeah, this one's interesting for me. Um, again, another cornerback in this draft. I just thought you could have gone other other ways. Even if it wasn't a Jake Fromm, you could have gone a wide receiver, offensive lineman guys that I think would have had more of an immediate impact or close to an immediate impact. So I'll give this one a C+. Plus. And again, um, we'll see when he actually can get onto the field to you know start producing. Uh, hopefully special teams is where he makes his mark first, and then you see him work up the depth chart. But give it a C plus. Still got to watch more film and see what he can actually do.
0: And one more question for you, Nick. Jake Fromm is officially a Buffalo Bill.
2: Thoughts? I'm sad. Um, I mean, good for the Bills. They got a guy that I I know once if he ever gets a chance, he's going to be hard to get off the field. That's just how that's just how he's wired. But
0: damn, <laughs> but damn. Yeah, that sounds like the reaction I was anticipating coming from you, Steve. You want B plus, Nick? You want C plus? I'll stick. At, I think I'm going to do B minus, uh, just because. I felt like, just like with the Gibson pick, even though I'm higher on the Gibson pick, I feel like there were other needs, but if they are going best player available and they like this athlete, which I love all the intangibles that looks like uh, Vildor is able to bring to the table, I get excited about it. Um, but at the uh, on the same token, I'm just confused why they're not addressing this offense. They must have a lot of confidence that the offense is closer than anyone is thinking uh, to kind of regaining their form from 2018. Uh, as well. So I believe they're just a little bit more confident than maybe people uh, outside of the organization are. I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing, but also I don't know if that's a good thing. So getting to this pick specifically, I'm unsure of the immediate uh, return on investment. Uh, Perhaps there is some special teams value here as well that we didn't really mention to this point. But he could be someone that uh, could play in that special teams role, take some of those snaps and be a decent contributor in that regard, at least as a rookie. I mean, he better be. If you're going to be a fifth-round rookie, it's going to be hard to put you on the practice squad. All right. Any final thoughts before we wrap up, Nick, Steve? I'm
2: saying <laughs> yeah. I, I wanted Jake from I wanted Jake from
1: and from yeah, was the right pick would have been the right pick but I think we still got two two serviceable players who who are gonna help us in the future so I, I'm yeah, happy I think with
2: it. that's that's what the hope is and I think that's what Ryan Pace is banking on and you know he loves he loves drafting those athletes he really does he does it every single every single year but hopefully these guys can see the the field and be ready not not just being put out there because they have to, but they're out there. They know what they have to do, and they can produce on the football field. And you better believe Chuck
0: Pagano is probably vocal about someone like Vildor uh, if they wanted to bring him in, bring him in this early in the draft as well. And if Chuck Pagano is high in a guy like him, I mean, it's hard not to be as well, right?
2: Absolutely, All right.
0: All right. Well, that's going to do it, Bears fans. Thank you for tuning in for this fifth round instant reaction episode. Definitely went a little longer than I thought. And also it started a little sooner than we we're expecting as well, but the bears had two fifth round picks, double dipped on defense, edge rusher and cornerback. We'll be back soon here in just, I'm assuming about an hour and a half to go live again, as soon as the bears are back on the clock. Uh, but until then, if you haven't yet, please make sure to review our show on Apple podcasts. Uh, we're only, I think 29 reviews now away from our goal of 600. And of course, once we reach that goal of 600, we are sending a lucky listener, a free Chicago bears Jersey of their choice. Uh, is our way of showing you our appreciation for you to hang out with us uh, and talk some bears football so we'll be back soon with the bears sixth round initial reaction and analysis but until next time bear down chicago